This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Football Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that actually quacks like a duck, as uh, those of you who have been listening to us for many years will already know. Now, uh, there's going to be lots of, I warn you, lots of duck references coming up. Um, So, the duck finally made his debut against Villa on Saturday, and the Chelsea faithful went quackers. First chanting, we forgot that you were here, and then after he scored his debut goal from the spot... We were there when Pato scored or whatever it was. It was great. I to laughed. See, did you? Good. Funny. It was great to see that he didn't duck out of the challenge of taking a penalty and <laughs> proved finally that he is more mighty duck than lame duck. <laughs> I'm going to stop this now before you lot tell me to duck <laughs> off. So there you go. Right, I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is the Chelsea Football Fancast 349. Breaking me duck. Now, uh, I'm now going to have to explain to you, for those of you who just don't get it, why the title of tonight's show is basically borderline genius. It had to include a duck reference, obviously. Pato broke his duck by getting off the mark and scoring a goal. But I think the most important point you need to have and take on board is the fact that we did this in Villa, and in Villa language, they're always going, me duck, you see, aren't they, Jonathan? Uh, no, that's Skegness. No, it's not Skegness. Don't let don't let your <laughs> naughtiness get in the way of a good joke. But they are. They're always going, all right, me duck. And we broke the... Anyway, I think it's genius, and I think I'm going to move on now. Uh, Jonathan Keard is in the house. Yo. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've, I've missed not being on the show, actually. I've missed, missed two weeks of... Uh, I've, I've, I've had cold turkey, actually, for the show. Have you? Yeah. Been like the Godfathers, eh, Marco? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Cold turkey has got me. On the run. On the run. Have you been on the run, Jonathan? Uh, I have a bit, actually. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think you... that was probably because of a bad Chinese. I was going to say, I'm sure it had <laughs> something to do with your digestion rather than your athletic abilities. Yeah. So we've got Jonathan Kidd in the house. You've already quickly heard from the legend, the absolute legend that is Marcus Warrellis. 
uh, who uh, of course mans the CFC UK stool on a cold and wintry afternoon and also writes for the CFC UK fanzine. He also writes books that are just unbelievably brilliant. Uh, and he also writes uh, for ESPN, which is quite amusing sometimes. Marco, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent stuff. I'm very happy, actually. Are you? Why, why are you happy? I'm just, I'm sort of just good news about Conte finally being announced. I thought it, you were going to say because you were on the Chelsea fancast again. Well, that as well, obviously, <laughs> where I can share my happiness. You know, it's funny, isn't it, mate? I'm in a bloody good mood today as well. You know, I'm just in a good mood. And, and, I, and, I, and I have no idea tangibly why. And I have a suspicion that you're right. I think it, I think already uh, the man who looks like uh, um, a spear carrier from one of the Godfather trilogy films has already brought that good, fi- uh, good you know, feel-good factor, I think. Either that or I'm scared, scared shitless of him. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, somebody that I'm not scared shitless of, but I do love like a brother, is Dan Silver. Evening, mate. How you doing? I'm very, very, very well. Um, Dan, it's brilliant that you're here tonight because, of course, we originally had uh, Clayton scheduled and Clayton uh, was unavoidably detained by work, I believe, and you Mm -hmm. have stepped in to fill the breach like the great man that you are, so thank you very much. The taut Andre flow of the podcast world. Indeed you are. Off the bench, yeah. I'm sure we've said this before. I've had a massive uh, bit of deja vu coming winging. Yeah, we have. I think think last time I stepped in. Did you? Yeah, a few weeks ago, I think. Oh, blimey. Who did you step in for then? Was that Ross? Yeah, it was yeah, Mr. Maureen. Yeah, hell, big, you are super sub, aren't you? Big shoes to fill with, Ross. Literally. There we go. Well, look, I t- we've got a good crowd in tonight. I'm really looking forward to this because, as Jonathan so rightly said, we haven't been on air for a couple of weeks. And it actually it feels like two months. Uh, you know, it really does. I hate international breaks. Like, you wouldn't believe. But we're back. But England played quite well in the first one, though. Yeah, I know. But I, I just don't care, Jonathan. I yeah, care about the cricket when That's it's true. The thing is, I'm always led. I, I, I start caring because they play well, and then inevitably they play like shit in the next one. So yeah, and I just you know I can't I can't be doing with it. Um, you know, is that like the cricket? As you said, like the cricket. Yeah. Oh, what a disappointment! I know. Let's not even talk about it at oh. all uh, because I'll get upset. Right on the show tonight, we're going to be talking about Pato's debut, amazingly enough, and we're going to be asking, does he have a future at Chelsea? And talking of Chelsea's future, it was good to finally see some of the youth getting a chance on Saturday. In part two, we'll ask, should we have sympathy for the villains? And what is left to play for in this jolly old season, with only about, I think, seven games to go now? Now, in part three, we'll be saying, announce Conte! Uh, Arrivederci! No, that's goodbye, isn't it? Buonasera! What, Marco, you've got Italian ben, roots. Benvenuto! What? Benvenuto! Benvenuto! There you go. Uh, I can't wait. It's going to be brilliant. Marco and I are already ridiculously excited about it. We were talking before we went on air about how excited we are about the imminent arrival of Conte. Uh, We'll be asking, what on earth is up with the Belgians? The moaniest people I've ever encountered in a a, a universe and a lifetime. And we'll be bidding a very sad farewell to Ian Britton, who lost his battle with cancer last week. Now, uh, if there's time, uh, I'm going to be a bit, we're going to busk it a bit tonight, and uh, if there is time, largely because we enjoyed doing this so much the other week, uh, we'll try and throw the show open to some of our listeners in Mixler and invite them to ask some questions of our uh, illustrious panel uh, for another edition of what we call Chelsea Fancast Question Time. But we'll see. If we run out of time, it won't happen, but we'll try. Now, to wrap up in part four, we'll have the usual roundup of Chelsea supporters' news together with an exciting competition to win a Didier Drogba print. Now, um, I should expl- I'll explain it more in more depth later, but uh, if you're on Twitter and you follow a guy or seen his tweets, I think it's Arwen Thomas, 
you'll see these amazingly designed prints, which are basically they take a picture and and and, and the character is constructed entirely of relevant words to that individual i think I, there's probably a, a name for that style of art but as i'm ignorant i don't know what it is but they're really cracking what i'll do is when we run it when we, when we go into the competition i'll try and put a photograph up on mixer and obviously i'll put it up on twitter later now don't forget as always you can listen to the show live every monday night at seven o'clock uh, by going to mixlr.com forward slash chelsea fancast sorry chelsea hyphen fancast where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page and of course you can always tweet us anytime you like at chelsea fancast tell us what you think about chelsea and anything else uh, on that now on that uh, point we have already got loads of familiar faces in the Mixler world. We've got John Chips, Chiverton, Dylan Hughes, Chelsea Squad, Lynn Feldman, Gillian, Planet Earth is Blue. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot, Marco. Planet Earth is Blue. And there's there's nothing nothing we can can do. do. I'm loving that. That has almost almost usurped I saw Alan May's score as my favourite avatar in the Mixler chat room. Almost. Uh, we've also got Jonathan Paris, Andrew Self, Alison Fragley, the Reverend Tony Glover is in the house. Marco and my great mate Matt Jazz Hackett is there. Pedro Pedro for Quadrado, that's an odd name, but you're welcome nevertheless. The lovely Debs, Jack around a chick, Clive Lewis, Diane. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There's so many of you in there, but it's brilliant to see you all in there. Right, after this very little short break, we will be back to talk about Villa versus Chelsea. <laughs> Okay, so um, what a weird, weird game Saturday was. I mean, I have to say Villa were utterly abject. They really are a hopelessly woeful, fucked up team. I think there's no other way to put it. And having said that, it kind of made the game look very much like a pre-season game. Uh, Not least because uh, we had some uh, interesting selections by Gus where he brought a lot of the youth in. Um, I have to say, I didn't think we played particularly well. We scored some very good goals, four of them. But I mean, I don't, I don't really think that we played that well, considering how utter shit Villa were. But well, the first thing that we have to talk about—it's kind of in the contract tonight. Uh, Pato breaks his duck. Uh, the first thing I'm going to say uh, is that I think he had a, a great attitude, Marco. Oh yeah, I agree. He played with a smile on his face. Um... He, he was straight in for the ball. His link-up play was great. He was looking for the ball when he was off the ball, uh, passing the movement. You know, he created that penalty. He had a hand in all three of the other goals. Um, and I think the most bizarre thing, and probably the indictment of why Gus Hiddink perhaps shouldn't be the Chelsea manager, because <laughs> I know for a while I was in the camp that um, suggested he should be retained as, as manager for a while. He's about 13 to 1 actually, Marco, isn't he? 13 to 1 to be yeah. the next manager. He was before I, I just was think, You know, how on earth did um, Hiddink, or why did Hiddink select Remy to play ahead of... Uh, Traore. 
well, no, no, well, not just Traore, but ahead of Pato. Yeah, mate. You know what? I agree with you entirely there. I mean, I, I, you know, I saw the, I saw the team sheet, and that's the first thing I thought. I thought, hang on a minute, why haven't you picked Traore? Particularly in context of the fact that he did start with Miazga and he started with, uh, you know, Loftus Cheek and Kennedy. Mm. It just didn't seem right. And, it, and the only thing that, I mean, I, I read something really interesting actually, and I, you know, I addressed it to all of you really, but I did read something quite interesting um, with Gus where he talked about the fact that he thought that Loftus-Cheek was, was 23, 24 when he arrived at the club, and reality, of course, he's 19, 20. But what he found was that he needs careful handling, and he talked about it in the game that it's the first time he's kind of played a full 90 minutes, I think, in the Premier League, and he was suffering from cramp afterwards. So I wonder if actually there's also a bit of kind of careful physical management going on, and maybe... I, that's the reason for it, because it, otherwise it's inexplicable, isn't it, Jonathan? Well, um, he, he, people were saying uh, on Twitter that he hadn't um, he hadn't played at all, played ninety minutes at all. But of course, he's played two two cup games. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, the, yeah. What he, about Traore though? Why don't Why do you think he didn't pick him? Um, I'm, 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 no interrupting, I'm, lads. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm bemused. I'm bemused yeah. as to why he didn't pick him because um, Remy just just confirmed what a a strange, bizarre season he's had by not only picking up a groin injury, but also a calf injury at the same time. Um, and, and just shuffling about. And yeah. uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand the opportunities that Remy's had when he has come on. He's just looked at nothing like the player he was last season when we were, when we were, um, you could guarantee that he'd come on and score a, a decent goal as a sub. Um, and, and, you know, we were all unbelievably enthusiastic about him staying with the club for this year. And he's just been, I mean, a complete disaster area. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm bemused as to why he didn't play Traore instead of him. But then having seen how Pato played, um, I'm now bemused as to why he didn't pick Pato from the beginning. Exactly. Because Pato was completely, completely uh, um, bubbly, vivacious. I'm using the wrong words for footballers. but um, He looked like he wanted but, to play, John. He really wanted he? to play. You he know? looked as if he had a contribution. Yeah. The, the little... The little pass for the assist for for Pedro's goal. I thought Pedro, by the way, buzzed about. I mean, we you do have to have the caveat here, of course, that as you say, Villa were absolutely appalling. Les Lescott, I don't know what on earth he, he seems to have forgotten everything there is to know about being a centre half. He was much better when he played. What did he play for Birmingham originally before he went to Everton? He looked a better player then. He seems to be just not involved. But um, but nonetheless, I, I yeah, I'm I'm. You know, I immediately thought, well, yeah, if Pato plays as well as that and looks as if he can play as well as that, have him have him as one of the strikers for next year. But you know, who knows? Um, well, I tell you, I tell you what, um, Matt. I mean, Conte you know, may come in and say, no, I'm not yeah. interested. I mean, Dan, you know, you were there, um, and whoever's making banging noises in the background, stop it. But Dan, you know, you you were there, and uh, it, it was quite funny that the crowd, you know took the piss a bit by saying we forgot that you were here but it, it, clearly his enthusiasm was infectious and I think it rubbed off on the crowd didn't it and I mean let's face it I mean he put that penalty away really really well and arguably he had another two assists as well and I think he, he was heavily involved with that super goal uh, by uh, Pedro wasn't he Dan? Yeah I thought the penalty was confident and the celebrations you saw how much it meant to him I think he generally likes playing football and he's pleased to get a chance 
Um, link-up play was great because the angle we were, second half, we saw a lot of the Chelsea attacks. He was, as Mark alluded to, he's making some great runs. You know, inch perfect pass for Oscar. That front three, they seem to link together really well. Um, Remy, I don't think ever, ever is a Chelsea level player. I mean, he's QPR Newcastle. That's his level. He's not. He's not a Chelsea player. Mm. And Chirure, I think the reason he wasn't involved was because he came back late from international duty. Right. I think he only got back on Friday, and I think it was okay. a long journey. So that's the reason why. Oh well, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, yeah. you, we 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 kind of skirted around the has uh, you know uh, Pato got a future at Chelsea. Dan Dan Levine, who incidentally people is on next week's show, but uh, he wrote an article today or yesterday saying fundamentally no. Um, and I've got a fundamentally uh, note to what that he th- won't that be he it. doesn't have a future. And basically, what he was right. saying, what I mean, you know, Dan Dan's logic behind it was that um, really what's happened, and I think we've mentioned this on the show before, actually, independently of Dan, we have our own mind. But I think there's something going on with Keir. What's his name? Kirin. Direction. Thank you, Dan. Uh, we're kind of doing him a favour to put Pato in the shop window because there's you know no way he's going to play for uh the, the i think it's Sa- oh, he's loaned out to sao paulo but whoever actually owns him in brazil because he's kind of you know broke you know he, he he's he's basically rubbed them up the wrong way so he needs an out and oh, so uh, this is just shop window this yeah is just a, a favor from abramovich to him well you know in a way keep keep jirabchi and sweet and we might get a good deal on somebody else i think that's the mm-hmm. logic mm-hmm. um and other than that i mean you know, I, I don't know. I have to say, I'm I'm a bit torn. I mean, you know, I I like to have players that that clearly want to play for the club and give a hundred percent. Although the other side of me says that, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, he wasn't barnstorming and brilliant yesterday. I think we've got well over well over excited about how how good he really really was. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if he's prepared to be like second, third, fourth striker, then fine. But uh, you know, we have to. It, depend, it depends on who he, who Conte decides on his wish list, doesn't it? I mean, if Conte's got apparently um, Lukaku, Jonathan. No, indeed, oh, indeed, absolutely. God help us, absolutely. I mean, what I'd like to see, I'd like to see um, Pato just start Chelsea's remaining games. Yeah. Um, or certainly get a good run out. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather see Traore start Chelsea's remaining games, Marco? Well, yeah. What what I'm saying, the, the reason I'm saying that is if 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 what um, Dan alludes to is correct that it, you know that's it, it will just go. Then then fair enough. But I think I think he's the, the clause in the deal is that he, they could buy him for twelve million euros. Yeah. You know, if, if if he's going to be you know, a goal getter that, that that can take the place of Remy in the squad, and he's happy with that. Then, you know, that that to me seems like a bit of a no-brainer, really. I, I, I tell you what, Marco and, and and Jonathan and Dan, actually, for that matter, what what I was impressed with yesterday, and I noticed immediately, you know, whatever he was lacking in fitness and sharpness, and I think, understandably, he probably was. What really impressed me most was his link-up play and his movement yeah. off the ball. Now, I've you know, I I, I I love my strikers, but the strikers I love most are the ones that move off the ball and make runs and link play up. And and this is, what, for example, one of the reasons why I absolutely idolised Gianluca Vialli, who is still the best striker uh, I think I've ever seen to do that. And, and, and I was really encouraged by that. And I think the fact that he was involved, in, that was a really, really well-worked goal, admittedly, 
uh, you know, running through traffic cones, not not Aston Villa players. But nevertheless, that kind of football I like, and I and I think that that's interesting because we haven't seen that from Chelsea strikers for quite a long while, have we? Falcao was supposed to be that kind of player as well. Yeah, Cahill wasn't he? And that didn't uh, that didn't work. Yeah. Do you see how miserable he looked, Falcao? Well, he, he's yeah. not getting a run out at all, even though he was on the bench. But here's the interesting thing, Jonathan, isn't it? And I think it's maybe indicative of the, of everything that's gone on and gone horribly wrong this season. You've got Remy completely, I mean, mentally and physically shot. I mean, I think the man's made of glass anyway, but I think the psychological damage done to him by what's happened to him at Chelsea, possibly down to Mourinho picking on him, who knows, is there for all to see. And you can see the same kind of just, they just you know, Falco's just given up if, if, if you look at him. <laughs> yes, he, you yes. know, he, he's had a horrible... I mean, actually, interestingly, both of them have had very bad luck with their injuries at the club. And I, I mean, I actually, talking of Remy, I think that performance on, on, on Saturday summed up his entire Chelsea career. You know, he suddenly got the chance to have some games because it doesn't matter and Costa's suspended. And then the minute that happens, he gets injured again. And it looks like he's out and that's that. In fact, actually, looks like that's the last we'll see of him. I just... I mean, half of me feels for him, but the other thinks, well, what a waste of bloody space, you know. Dan, yeah. very quickly, I mean, going back to this whole idea of, you know, has Pato got a future at Chelsea? I mean, where do you stand? I mean, Marco would like to see him play for a few games for the rest of the season. Would you be up for that? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, he's 26, 12 million quid for, a, you know, a decent striker. is not, not ridiculous money. I mean, Ancelotti raved about him in Milan. He had a fantastic career up until he left Europe, so a bad luck with injuries. If he can stay fit, he's a, he's a talented player. Maybe not as a first choice, but certainly paying off, maybe playing off Costa as a second striker, depending on what formation that. If um... Costa's still there, of course. Oh, oh yeah, obviously, yeah. If Costa's there, but you know, if I, you personally, pay... I personally would like Rid. Well, 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 maybe we may get into that a bit later, JK. Yeah. I mean, listen, just to wrap this bit up on Pato, I've got, I've got a great song which I've adapted in honour of Pato and the dilemma of whether he'll be here or not. Ready? Yeah. Come along, come along, come along and sing this song. He's a boy from Brazil and he aims to thrill, but he won't be here for long. Boom. <laughs> That's pretty good. I had to change my Twitter name as well because of Pato yes. scoring. Yeah, I know you did. Pato2416. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't promise a tattoo. You little fanboy, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's talk. Talking of boys um, and the youth uh, in the in present company, Dan is definitely the youth of the well, well Chelsea done, kids, fan club. On, on what? Song. On the song. song. Yeah, well done. Did that is that an audition for the Rudy V's done or what? Yeah, I don't think you quite make it, but well done. Okay, why not? Um, yeah, I don't know if I could fit you in. You're not a girl. No, but I'm prettier than you. Oh, not as, not as pretty as the girls. That's very true. They are actually lovely. Actually, talking of the Rudy V's, you had a gig the other week, didn't you, John? Did it go, go we, all right? We did. It went. It went. Uh, it went down beautifully. Nice, good stuff. Yeah, there'll be more. Yeah, well, you know, let us know. You, you just kick me to tweet things on the fan cast, and then we can spread your fame farther and wider. Anyway, yeah, get... I should I should give you a few links. You should. It's, uh, you should. It's fun stuff. It works. All well, right. Really uh, well, well, I've seen some of it. It's hilarious. Right now, uh, actually, you do a very very funny talking of Conte, as we will be later. Uh, you've done that thing about. Tell me about the song you do about the Italians. Oh, let's be Italian. Let's yeah, all be Italian. Maybe yeah. we'll give a rendition of that later when we talk okay, about Conte. I'll, I'll, uh, right. I'll try, and, uh, I'll try and get the band here. All right. Just give them a ring. I'm sure they'll turn That's, up. Yeah, I'm sure right. they'll turn up. Talking yeah. of playing yeah. about the youth, which we should do. Um, because, uh, I mean, what was really nice to see um, was obviously uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek getting a start and st- scoring a debut goal, even if it was a bit of an in-off. Uh, the interesting thing for me was to see Miazga play in defence. 
Uh, or did we? Did we? See, I, didn't, I didn't notice him. Oh well, uh, you know what they say <laughs> about defenders. If you don't notice them, then no, that's ref, Chidge. No, ref, well, I think you can apply defenders. that. If you notice a defender, I'll tell you what the other thing is. It's a bit like sound, uh, you know, engineers, for want of a better word, on a film. If you notice the sound, there's something wrong. You know, it's one of those things that has to go on. On, on, on excuse I think the pun, these are a load of cliches that don't quite apply to a centre. I looked. I thought he was. You know, I, I, well, the reports I've read and from what I saw with my own eyes was that actually he did all right. But again, you know, one has to put it into the context of playing a crap side like Villa. And I mean, he got on the wrong end of Gisted, didn't he? Quite a lot. And he seems. Gisted's a good player. Yeah, he is. You know, so it gives a good lesson in some respects. But I mean, you know. I put it this way: I thought he was going to be utter shit. I'll be really honest with you, but I didn't think he was. I thought he was. He, I thought he was pretty solid, you know. And he's only he's only about twenty, so fair play to him. Yeah. Marco, what did you think of him? Yeah, no, I, I sort of agree with what what's been said. Um, you know, it was a good game for him to come in and gain experience. Um, he, he looked a little bit flustered early on by just dead. I thought. But, um, Got got over that, and then sort of grew in stature as the game went on. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he's got some ability. He's a, he's a US international, and they've got a decent side there. Um, what 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 the plan is for the future with him, I guess, is is down to Conte. I mean, it, you know, central defence is a key area that Chelsea really need to address, and whether you know Miazga's got a part to play in that in the near term or whether he's going to be another one of these guys that gets loaned out to, um, you know, Germany or, or Holland or whatever um, remains to be seen. I suspect it may well be the case, though. You know what? I mean, before I, I answer that, I'm going to just mention that Planet Earth is Blue has astounded himself by saying he's all right. He's a young American. Oh, clever. Oh, all the Bolly references are coming in tonight. He's on fire. Well, you never know. One day he might become a star man. Anyway. Oh, oh shit. Uh, Even better. Listen, I'm going to just very, very quickly uh, say that uh, the, 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 I think the difficulty that we have is that we see a player like Miazki come in and then we think, well, well, why isn't Ake or Christensen or any of the other billions of players we've got mm. out on loan uh, playing in their stead. Now, this is something I want to c- carry on talking about the youth, but as always, we've I've waffled on far too long and we're about to approach a break. But after the break, we will pick up this point about the youth. But as well as that, we're going to ask, should we have some sympathy for the villains? And what is in fact left to play for this season? We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans... Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. And I'm delighted to say that we've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd on the show with us tonight. And we've got the lovely Mark Worrell. And what was that? Did you just fart, Jonathan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, I didn't follow through, though. No, it was an ele- it was a shart, not a shart, then. Yeah. 
Yes, and uh, so we've got Jonathan, we've got Mark Warrell, and we've got the fantastic super sub that is also known as Dan Silver. Hello. How are we, chaps? Are we all all right? Not really good. He's no, the really modern good. David Fairclough. Do you remember him? I Chief? do remember David Fairclough. He had, he had hair as red as those horrible Liverpool shirts, as I recall. Yes, he did. Yes. Not that Which I'm... Wearing a shot in his head. Yeah, not that I'm gingerist at all. Um, anyway, we were talking before the break about the youth and, uh, you know, the fact that Gus picked quite a lot of them. Uh, I mean, you know, one, one person we didn't mention uh, before the break was the fact that he picked uh, Clark Salter, which was good. But the point that I was making before we went to the break was that, you know, I think it, we find ourselves, I think, as supporters in a very, very difficult uh, position in that, you know, we get these young players coming through like Miazga, but then is that you know compared to well why you know why, why isn't Christensen getting the chance why isn't Aki getting a chance is he as good as them and I think a couple of people were mentioning this in the Mixler chat room which is probably what gave me the idea so um, you know Dan what do you, what do you think so you cut out there what was the question you cut uh, out for a second did I oh dear yeah the question it might be mine the question you was were listening yeah he's, he I was. <laughs> I was listening, Chich. I was listening. Yeah. I heard the bit about David Fairclough and the horrible <laughs> Oh, shots. really? You've missed half an hour of it, mate. Oh. You know, Chich was been... very funny, Dan. Yeah, he was. Very, very He's funny. always very funny. Anyway, what was the question? Sorry, uh, you, you brought it right back, Dan, with that remark about me being very funny, so I'll let yours. Now, the question... <laughs> no, the, I said it. The question is, um, you know, we've got players like Miazga breaking through, and of course we're desperate to see some young players breaking through, but on the other hand, we've got players like Christensen and Ake and many others out on loan. Uh, and shouldn't we be giving them a chance first? I mean, you know, is Miazga any better or worse than Christensen? I would argue that Christensen's probably more of a finished article than Miazga. What do you think, Dan? I think that goes right about the fundamental flaws in the club policy at the moment. You know, we're, we're learning these players at left, right and centre, bringing other players in which are no better than what's already out on loan. So I think the whole... I tweeted earlier today that let's hope with the new manager we have another six or ten years, but more stability much more sense when it comes to players because if Christensen's had a phenomenal season how are you buying Miazga mm. and admittedly admittedly with Conte's alleged formation three at the back we're probably going to need five or six centre-halves for next season anyway I mean so, it, I, I think you know and I'm sure you'll all agree with me on this but I think that we I know we're all very excited about Conte and we will talk about him later and everything else but there is something right at the back of my mind that really really worries me and that is uh a new high-profile manager used to getting his own way has his own ideas has his own players that he, he likes you know I, I can see our you know youth policy not that we have much of one but I can see I can see the situation not improving but actually worsening you know and what I would like to see uh, myself kind of picking up on the thread of the point that I was making a minute ago is that I would actually like to see some of the, the loan ease coming back the ones that have... I mean, this is the whole point of the loan system, apart well, from... Chich, the... Let's hope he has an overall view of... of has a look at how many there are, 30, however, 32. Well, there, there are so 34. many, Jonathan, but I think... Let's, he has, let's hope he has a look well, at Well, let's hope he does. Let's... let's hope he's got a backroom staff man who's looking at videos of him at the moment. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean... sure, he, I'm sure he has, but the point is, is that a loan system, other than the fact that we tend to use it as a way to generate revenue, a loan system should be there to give some of these promising youngsters some some proper experience of playing football in top leagues. So, you know, if that's the point, then surely some of them should come back and get an opportunity here. What seems to happen with us is that they go away, get forgotten, get loaned out to somewhere else, and then some other young kid comes straight in, and, and this is the Miazga situation. And frankly, I think that's unfair. Don't don't you, Mark? 
Um, I think I think the Christiansen's a good example of um, a weird scenario where you know at his at his age the 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 deal that they structured with Munch and Gladbach was a two year loan deal without a without a break clause. Yeah. Um, and it's almost I don't know it's kind of like shove him out on loan and uh, you know my understanding is they're now looking at um, potentially breaking that deal and maybe giving uh, Aki um, putting Aki in as to, to make that make up the balance of the contract or fund it with cash in some way to get Christensen back to, to Stanford Bridge but obviously his reservation is that you know he's established in the Bundesliga now um, why would he want to come back and sit on the bench at, at Chelsea if you know, if Conte's going to go and sign Bonucci, for example. Exactly. Um, and, and you're absolutely right in what you say. And, you know, to be honest, it's not Conte's problem, is it? You know, the fact that Chelsea have got 13 years of um, curious uh, strategy that's unravelling constantly in terms of, um, you know, their, their policy with, with uh, the academy players and... Um, all of that, all everything that goes with it, you know, and the number of players they send out on loan, um, that that isn't Conte's problem. You know, the discussions he will have had with with Granovskaya and um, dare I say Michael Emanolo will, will will have you know involved the, the the current crop of first team players, maybe the same number of players again that are on the fringes, or you know some of those loan players. Um, you know, Quadrado, for example. I mean, he's he's a big admirer of Quadrado. I mean, apparently, you know, a lot of players, a lot of people would probably find it laughable if. Um, well, I, I I know what you mean, mate. First team again. I know what you, I know what you mean about Quadrado, but you know, when when we signed him, I thought that was a great signing because I'd seen him in the World Cup and he looked yeah, a player. He Agreed. looked a player. I mean, I, equally, I'll absolutely admit he looked absolutely bloody hopeless when he played for us. He looked yeah. out of his depth physically and mentally, and 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 he looked isolated. I just kind of wondered how well he got on with all the rest of the team. And he, he looked but like I, I he mean, looked like a kid amongst that. men, didn't he? I think I think you know fundamentally, if you analyse um, what happened during Jose's last tenure with with Chelsea, you know, just in terms of the way he churned through. Uh, players, you know, those creative midfielders, getting rid of matter, you know, all, all of that, you know, David Luiz, for, for all his faults, you know, before before that, you know, everybody had him as a shoo-in for the next Chelsea skipper. Um, all of that has happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the fallout from that is still happening, which includes re-signing Romelu Lukaku potentially for for seventy million. I mean, all of that is bizarre. But to be honest with you, Conte's coming with a clean clean slate, and he's just gonna, you know, th- th- if this is what I can do, and this is my budget, get me these play, get me these three or four players. He, he you know, he's not interested about. Um, I, I don't know, uh, you know, Nathan Ake for example, or Lewis Baker, or you know, some of the leading lights that keep constantly getting mentioned um, who are on, are on the loan uh, cycle. Marco, he might not think they're good enough. 
He makes well, he, he might he not do, and he's entitled to do that. And I think, I think you know, we, we, we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, if he's, you know, there are so many of these players, it's ridiculous. You know, I mean, you could probably make a case for maybe 25 players and say, well, you know, they, they could potentially get into any other Premier League team, so why not Chelsea's? Um, but it, but it's Conte's call. Mm. The thing is, we're not any other Premier League side. Though. Well, no, no, we're, exactly. We're a top four. Well, side. we are this season. We, this season, yeah, but it ought not to be next season. That's why you might say that. I'm sorry, Ake isn't good enough. He's good enough for Watford, who aren't who are going to be in the bottom half of the yeah. division. But he's not good enough for Chelsea. And the, the, I find the the anomaly of um, of Christensen is something that is. I agree with you. It's completely ridiculous. But that but because he's been playing um, in the Bundesliga, whereas. Um, um, uh, what's his face? Miazga hasn't played at all. Uh, hasn't yeah. played the same standard at all. He's been playing playing in the American leagues. So, um, all right, they've given him a go. But if if Christensen was was if he likes Christensen, then obviously Christensen should be the man to come across. And and Miazga has to go out on loan. That, but mm. it may happen that he doesn't like either of them. He may well, have, yeah. we, we, to be fair, we to be to be fair, we don't know. But I mean, I think Marco and, and Jonathan both make very good points, Dan. But you know, ultimately. Um, would you, you know, does this, I mean, it worries me a bit. That's what I'm saying. I just get the feeling that this has to be uh, ground zero and, and, and not in the way that Marco says where it's a clean slate for uh, Conte and he can come in and do whatever he likes, which is basically get Raymond to open his checkbook up and splash the cash on, you know, 11 world-class players. Because I just think that in two years' time, we'll be right back to where we are now. And I just think there needs to be some sort of an integration between some of the, the, the youth players or the players out on loan that we've got added to that and that Conte should earn his corn and create, uh, you know, a, a title winning and, you know, competing in Europe team with that. Dan, what do you reckon? It's tough. I mean, I mean, Eddie Newton, I think, takes is manages all the players out on loan. So I'm sure they get regular reports and we're talking multi-million pound assets these guys are looking after so if there is talent and ability there we'll try and bring him back right we're trying to do the Christian so he's obviously proved that he's gone to a competitive league and has shone so he's a potential player to come back whereas not like Bamford who's had two premiership loans and has barely got a look in and everyone bangs on about Bamford this Bamford that he's had three or four progressive loans from MK Donaldson Middlesbrough great success at that level he's come to the premiership and what sums up for me, Pardew signed Adebayor on 10 times the wages and sent um, sent back Bamford back. And Bamford's not had a look in at well, um, I, I, Norwich. Dan, I think that's a really good point. I think the corollary of that, which is something that we haven't considered and perhaps ought to, you know, going forward with, uh, you know, our youth and academy and yeah. low knees, uh, I think a lot of them are now just saying, well, you know, bollocks to Chelsea. I, you know, the, the whole system's screwed. I'm not going to get a look in. Um, and uh, frankly, I want to play football. You know, I'm 18, 19. I'm bloody good, and I want to play football. And that, you certainly, I mean, you certainly heard comments like that coming from Christensen saying he doesn't want to come back because he wants to play football. Charlie Masunder's another one who who who's, who's saying he'd rather play football than come back to Chelsea. And in in a sort in a sense, the, the the mess that we've got ourselves into in the last three or four years may well come home to roost when we find that actually a lot of these players won't want to come back. Mark. I think, well, the the other factor to consider in all of this is um, that 
you know, we, we're going to finish like, I don't know, ninth, eighth, ninth, tenth this season. Seventh, possibly, Mark. Possibly seventh. seventh. I've got oh. some breaking news on that for the last bit of this part, but I shall keep my okay. power dry. But go on, Mark. Well, essentially, we're not going to be competing in Europe um, for, for, you know, next season. And I think a lot of these players will look at the Premier League now and think, do you know what? They look at what Leicester City are doing. They look at clubs like Tottenham, dare I say. Um, you know, the, 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 the scope has broadened now in the Premier League for, for clubs that can challenge. Um, and Chelsea don't have a divine right to, 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 to win trophies um, quite in the way, um, you know, that, that they were just sharing them out between, you know, it was like a carve-up between Arsenal, Man United. Yeah. And Chelsea and City, that, you know that that that's that's not the case anymore. So you know, all it's been, a real, it's been a real tipping point this year, hasn't it, Marco? I think with all the money coming in, a lot of players will sort of look at Chelsea and think, "Hmm, am I going to play for the first team? What's the alternative? You know, the first team aren't going to play as many games, which means you know, no European football. That's you know, that's that's potentially." You know, if you get to the round of 16, that's 10 games, isn't it? That, you know, potentially these guys could play in uh, where, where the squad gets utilised more. You know, if Chelsea are just competing in domestic football, they, you could get back to a situation where, you know, it's like 20-odd players or whatever be, being used over the course of a season. And these guys aren't going to get a look in. And what, why, would, why would they want to do that? It's an interesting point, isn't it? Um, and we shall see, you know, the future is unwritten, as they, as Joe Strummer probably said. I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, I want to move this on because, uh, you know, uh, it was quite an interesting, it was quite interesting watching all the protests going on at Villa, the Villa fans, you know, booing some of their players who blatantly coached them off and disrespected them, you know, placards and bedsheets about their owner being faceless and a coward and not showing himself. And, and, you know, it, basically what what you're looking at is a club that's been... And I mean, you know, whatever, by any stretch of the imagination, you know, Villa have a proud old history and, and they are... I wouldn't say they're one of the biggest clubs, but they're a decent-sized club. And they've been ruined by a foreign owner and, and modern footballers, the curse of modern footballers. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering, Jonathan, you know, should we have an element of sympathy for them? Not in the slightest. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> that was harsh. But why? But why? Well, because they've they've just been mismanaged, and uh, um, they haven't got a divine right to stay in the division just because they're a big club. I mean, you know, look at Leeds. Thank goodness, I'm pleased Leeds yeah. are languishing at the bottom of the Championship. I'd Although like it's quite fun further. playing them, mate. To be fair, I miss playing Leeds. No, well, I liked it when we played them in the League Cup a few years yeah. ago, and uh, um, uh, and beat them away. I thought that was oh the joy I had then. I even I got there at half time. Would you believe? Because I was I was working in town. Well, I was on the train then. Yeah, you should have been with the limoncello firm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful! It was wonderful. Um, and also we were kept in at the end, and they just kept playing the uh, the Champions League, didn't they, on the screen to to appease us? Champions League final. But um, no, I don't. If they completely mismanaged, uh, I, I mean, he's been a mug completely learner because yeah. uh, the potential of the club. They've got very faithful fans. They've got very good following. Um, uh, they're, 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 it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere when it's full. Um, it was terrible on 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 um, uh, Saturday because there was hardly anybody there. Uh, but um, 
Uh, no, they've made some unbelievably dreadful decisions. Yeah, but the, um, fa- the fans uh, haven't. The supporters haven't. No, no, no. Good, good, you know, good for them for keeping it going. I mean, but they haven't. This is the. I think that was the lowest attendance. Even then, it was thirty-one thousand. Bloody hell, you know. Yeah, that was crap, it, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was crap, but nonetheless, it's still thirty-one thousand went to see them. Um, because um, they're, a big, club. When, they're when, a big club, Jonathan. A big club. Because they won a European <laughs> Cup in 1982. <laughs> I know that's their big thing, isn't it? No. I've got a funny story about that. Actually, in a second, when you got and there was a bloke on um, uh, on Five Live last night going on about big clubs. And this this thing I hate when they talk about Chelsea. They say Chelsea has only been a big club since oh, Abramovich absolute arrived. Absolute wankery of the highest I know, but there's this constant thing, and that they and he was saying, you know, we're a much bigger. Who, club. Who was the Villa fan? The Villa fan, yeah. It's we're envy, a much bigger mate. club than any of them, and we won the European Cup in 1980. And you go, yeah, well, we uh, won a we won a European trophy before Liverpool, so fuck. Well, indeed, that. of course we did. Of course, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's all it's, it's all rubbish. It's but pointless. no, but I I think that's it's an, it's very similar to to Fulham. And I think it's people getting involved in clubs who really don't appreciate the amount of work you have to put in yeah. to make the club. But, but I, I have no sympathy for the twats that, that run these clubs. And I, I'm just wondering if you have any sympathy for the for the actual Villa fans themselves, because they're but for the grace of God and all of that. Well, yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose I do for all football fans who, uh, who have to watch dreadful football. But I've got sympathy for our fans this year because we've had to watch dreadful football. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's lovely to have it competitive. But at the same time, I like the fact that it means that somebody else is going to get a go now. For the, I'm sorry, I can't help but think about the club rather than the fans. Fair enough. Um, well, Mark, but, what, know, what, Mark yeah. what do you reckon? Uh, I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, you know, I was I was watching. Um, You're a bit of a fundamentalist, like myself. Well, I, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching uh, Sky a Sky News bulletin earlier today when when Conte was announced, and further down, what one of the stories further down, they they were talking to. Um, various Newcastle fans and asking them if they thought they were going to get relegated. And, you know, to a man, they, they, you know, they're all despondent and every single one of them said yes. Um, and, and curiously, because that's a club that, you know, they seem to have this self-entitlement, big, you know, big club, etc. We, we no, they're the biggest be... club in Newcastle, to be fair. Well, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I do... I, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, you, you could argue that Chelsea was mismanaged. When, when I started watching Chelsea in, in the sort of 70s, um, you could argue that the Mears family, you know, screwed Chelsea up with um, the East Stand and stuff that was going on there. Um, so, you know, I, the, 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 there's always that situation where owners screw clubs up and I think we, you know we've, we've had our share of yeah, that very true Chelsea. And, and who's to say we're not going to have it you know yeah, now could all happen. You know, if, and guess, and guess could what guess what now. guess what Marco no no other supporters had any sympathy for us did they well no exactly I mean it's, it's you know it's life and it? it's like life yeah that is life yeah you know unfortunately there can only be one champion in each competition Indeed. um dan i reckon uh you, i i i know this because i spoke to you before about it yeah. but uh, i think uh you do have a bit of sympathy for the villains I, don't you just not the club but the fans yeah. because ultimately we're all fans and there's a couple of times when we're villa till we die we were giving rounds of applause just purely as, as a football fan forget about mm. the politics the money whatever this is people put a lot of time effort money passion support your club 
And when we went through the, you know, the Marlowe Stakes, David Ballstrike, that whole time, that was a tough time. I think you have to have a degree of passion with a, you know, with a bit of laughter as well. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, the actually, quick, very funny story. There's a chap next to me who's seen to Villa fans, where's your European Cup? And we're going, and look at that side up there. There's a European Cup. He's trying to get it going. He didn't realise that they won the European Cup. Yeah, yeah, I know. So that, that's quite an amusing story. That's quite, that's, that's, <laughs> That's quite yeah. sad, isn't it? Listen, final yeah. point on this. Is, uh, I'm going to make this. Uh, I, I take all of your points, actually. Uh, uh, I think Jonathan's right. It's, it's you know, the owners that screw it up. Marco's right. We've had the same, uh, if not worse. And we got no sympathy from other supporters. And Dan's, I understand what you mean by the, the whole, you know, we're all football supporters at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, I... I with my supporters trust hat on i totally get your point taking my supporters trust hat firmly off i would like to say frankly i've i've always hated villa uh you know there are there are there are three scousers in this country there are the ones that come from liverpool they're the ones that come from islington in north london and then there are the ones that come from birmingham basically villa fans are the scousers of the midlands uh, all they ever bang on about is history and self-entitlement so frankly from my point of view Good riddance. Anyway, moving along, um, I just kind of want to finish this part up. Maybe go into part three about it as well. Really, in terms of you know what 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 on earth have we got to play for for the rest of the season? Because you know we, we've been skirting around it a bit in the in the talk previously about whether we may or may not get into Europa League next year. Would it be a good idea or not? But you know, for me, uh, it, it, it's it boils down to three things and I think actually you know Dan Levine again made another good point about this one is the most important thing and that is uh, Mark we absolutely have to fundamentally without any question at all beat Spurs on May the 2nd oh, without doubt <laughs> <laughs> surely it all boils down to that simplicity doesn't it I mean uh, you know it's just like I mean, I, my last CFC UK articles, I think, was in. I've, I've no doubt DJ edited it somewhat, but um, how dare he? Welcome to my nightmare, which just involved all horrible scenarios of Spurs winning at um, Stamford Bridge and Chelsea beating Leicester and all kinds of mm. horrible things that happen that do happen in football. Um, and yeah, what a what a risible thought Tottenham winning the league is. Although, although I have to say that you know, I mean D- Daniel Levy has has fiddled around with the Tottenham manager's job as much as Mourinho has. Uh, sorry, as much as Abramovich has at Chelsea with, with a lot with far less success. But, you know, he, he's got an absolute gem of a manager there who's brought through the kids. Um, and, it, you know, it's a horrible thought, but, you know, they are probably, Tottenham are probably um, the best placed club, not necessarily to win the, the league this season, but if, if they can keep all that stuff together. And the new statement. And the new statement. It's a horrible thought, but, you know, that top, top four that was... Something's building there, isn't it, Marco? Uh, That's yeah, the worry. You know, I mean, it's, you could argue it's good for football. It's horrible for Chelsea supporters, but... But I think know, this goes back to what you were saying earlier on, mate. There, there's, a, there's a whole levelling up at the moment, you know. And, but, but and the, whole, also, the whole football landscape is going to be very different yeah, but, from the last 10 years that we've enjoyed, Mark. But, Chidge, but the, Chidge, we've let it level up. 
We how, how have we left it? How on earth have we let it level up? We didn't. We're not the ones that pump billions in for the TV rights, so that a lot of the clubs like Crystal Palace and Leicester can afford better players. How on earth can that be down to us, John? No, we we've let it level up by not maintaining the standard of transfer and the standard of, of the oh, team. That I would. 100% agree with mm. you know we have shot ourselves squarely in the foot with rank mismanagement and I think talking of CFC UK articles I think every CFC UK article I've written for the last three issues has been you know shooting uh, howitzers at the board for their flagrant mismanagement of the club I mean the more I think about it the more of a di- more, I can't help but think it's a complete disaster the way the club has been run mm. over the last two years Couldn't agree more. more it's been building up it's been building up Anyway, look, very quickly, um, somebody said something brilliant on Mixler and I've managed to lose it, so I'm going to see if I can find it. But it was it was our mate, Alan Mays. I, I was there. Here we go. Uh, this is what Alan uh, I saw Alan Mays score, says Jonathan, and, and Dan and Marco, actually. It was all of you, really. He says, this is what he thinks we have to play for. Beating Spurs, not letting De Bruyne show us up, show, <laughs> showing Ranieri some love, playing more young players. And I, I would only add one more to that. And that is finishing above Liverpool in the Premier League table. But Dan, what do you, what do you reckon to those odds? Yeah, I think that's all perfect. <laughs> it, it sums it up. We can't we can't lose to Spurs. Although the weekend the weekend results gave them a bit of breathing space. Um, and finish on a high. I, I'm not averse to the Europa League because the Champions League is going to be hard to get to, uh, and it is a way to get back into Champions League. And given that we've got potentially three or four very inexperienced teams going to the Champions League and all this bullshit about coefficient. It's, it's a good opportunity for us to get some of these players to get European experience. And um, coming seventh is not beyond the realms of possibility. Mm, that's a good point. Jonathan, what, what, yeah. what, do you, what do you reckon to that? Is, that? is that what you would settle for for the remaining games of the season? I'd like us to win every game. Yeah, it's not going to happen, but I know. I'm, I, I'm, I want to feel that um, I'd like Gus to keep his... Although he's not been the uh, the same manager that he was... In, in his last stint, I'd like him to. Uh, I'd like him to keep a record. It'd be fantastic if we if we didn't get defeated for the remaining matches. Well, it, 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 it would be be phenomenal. It, it's really funny you said that. I mean, anybody would have thought who's listening to the show right now, anybody would have thought, Jonathan, that you've actually got a script in front of you, and you knew exactly what I was going to say next. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely it's uncanny, mate. But actually, that's a really good point. Aside from all of that. Um, I know you, Jonathan. That's what I love about you. You don't want to lose any Chelsea. You know, actually, you, funny. The funny thing is, you, you and Chel Chel Tell got so much in common. You know, Tell Tell hated to lose any match, and he would sulk for a week if we lost. And I love that attitude. But it's you're right. It's a good point, isn't it, about Goose? Even though he's not quite what he was last time round. That's 15 matches he's now gone in the pre, in the league without defeat, which is the longest, uh, you know, streak. Uh, you know, unbeaten streak in the league this season, and I, it's, I'm, it's a Premier League record. Actually, is it actually a, a Premier League all comers record for for a new for a new for manager? A new yeah, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. But I it? wonder also whether he's actually he's had to be um, less his own man this time. Oh, very um, much so. And uh, and I don't think it's fair then to make the assumption that I mean he's not the tactical genius that he was the last time, but then we were playing I... um, much more. Um, high-level game. Well, mate, anybody could be a tactical genius with the players that we had in his yeah, first time in charge. Absolutely, absolutely. Whereas but, this time, you know, I, I think it's been difficult for him. No, I agree. And I think he's in there, you know, it's very much a caretaker role. And I think he's he's managing uh, in conjunction with the board and Roman. Uh, you know, he's managing with them rather than a kind of on his own and, and in spite of them. 
which is a very different situation. But I, I would love to see his. I would love. Wouldn't it be lovely if if we got to the end of the season and, and Gus remained unbeaten? And I think that'd be a lovely thing. And and in fact, actually, uh, if we were to do so, we would then meet what I predicted around Christmas, either just before Jose got sacked or just after. I can't really remember, but I, those who listen to this show every week will know when I made this prediction. It may even have been earlier. But I made a prediction back then that Chelsea would finish around 8th or ninth with about 57, 59 points. Now, if we do the following, which is, if we beat Swansea, Bournemouth and Sunderland, which, let's be fair, we should do, and then if we drew against City, Spurs, Liverpool and Leicester, which on current form is possible as well, we will finish eighth, give or take the fact that you know other teams are playing, so that's no guarantee, but we will finish with 57 points, which in normal seasons is good enough to finish about eighth. So what do you think about that, Dan? Mystic Chidge or what? Good shout. I think you know those three games should, should all be winnable. Um, I think City, you never know what City are turning up, so that could be another another home win. Um, can't lose Liverpool, that's the other thing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Yeah, yeah can't lose the Spurs, oh. can't lose Liverpool, can't beat yeah. Leicester. My biggest, biggest concern is I want Leicester to win the league by the time yeah. they come to Stanford Bridge. Two yeah. reasons. One, their fans deserve to have it presented at their ground. Two potentially John Terry's last game and he deserves a full, you know, stadium yeah. chanting his name, not having to share it with a bloody championship award. Mm, that's a good point. Jonathan, you're about to say. Tell you what, 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 sorry, what, one interesting point on that. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, do you think, who, who, who's like an Arsenal fan, so he was just um, not involved in, in any of it. Um, he said, oh, do you think, like, if, if that's the case, that Leicester come to Stamford Bridge 
and they've already won the league, do you think a lot of Chelsea supporters would um, just sell uh, sell their tickets uh-huh. to to, to uh, Leicester supporters for that game? Do you think you know? You said do you think a lot of tickets will just come up on the market because Chelsea supporters can't be bothered to go along, and Leicester supporters will snap them up and be all over Stamford Bridge? What do you think? Uh-huh. No, I can't see it happening. Especially I think it's the kind of thing that, that an Arsenal fan would do, but I don't think yeah. a Chelsea fan no. would ever do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Marco, that ain't happening, is it? I don't know. No. There might be one or two pockets less. I mean, if they've won the league, then it's irrelevant, I think, because they would have got the, the title the previous week. Plus, it's it's last game of the season. You always get a, you know, a good turnout yeah, for that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we, we're, I'm going to pick pick a point of this up in, in the next part, but we need to go for a quick break, after which we're going to be uh, saying, announce Conte. And uh, we're going to be asking what's up with the Belgians, and we'll be bidding a we will be bidding even a sad farewell to Ian Britton, who of course lost his battle with cancer very sadly last week. Uh, and if there's time, which I suspect they won't, given the amount of uh, waffling that we're doing tonight, uh, all my fault of course. But if we do have some time, I'll see if I can get some questions from you lot on Mixler to ask any of this illustrious panel. We will be back in a second. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Shidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And we've got with us tonight Dan Silver. Hello. We've got Marco Worrell. Hello. And we have got the star of stage, screen, and talk sport voiceovers, Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> <Thank you>. <laughs> <laughs> now we were uh, we were having a good old chat about um, where we thought Chelsea might finish and what what you know what we got to play for for the rest of the season and uh, and uh, you know we kind of ran out of time, but I really want to just nail this last point about that, which is I mean I I think that we'll finish eighth myself with about fifty seven points. Um, which of course would mean that we uh, won't qualify for the Europa League. But there, of course, you know, we're only four points, is it three or four points off seventh spot at the moment. Yeah, uh, and we've I, got yeah. a point behind Liverpool. Yeah, and every team above us, it, it, it's really tight. There's very little separating the three or four teams above us. So actually, it's not inconceivable that we might finish sixth or, or seventh, in which case we will be in the Europa League because of the... I think I, I don't know. Does I think it's going to go down to six, isn't it? Who, who knows this definitively? It depends on who wins the FA Cup. Yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah. I think it can drop down to seventh. All right. It's, it's, it's going to be fifth, sixth or seventh. I think fifth is beyond our reach. Sixth or seventh is still possibly up for grabs. Would we all, all agree with that? Yeah. yeah. Unless unless we, we win the next four games in a row, which, which would slightly put the cat among the pigeons. Mm, it would. Well, the bottom line, the, I think the interesting thing is this, is that, I mean, I, we, we've, we've talked on the show before about whether we'd like to be in the Europa League or not. I think on balance, a lot of us would because it's good away trips. It's a lot of fun. We've won it before. We always take competition seriously. And of course, it might be an avenue for um, giving some of the youth players some European experience. So I, I personally am in favour of it. But the, the issue that's come to light this week uh, is that if we do qualify for the Europe, well, if we get into the Europa League, that's going to completely put the kibosh on our tour of the uh, of the United States, Dan. Yeah, which is really annoying because I'm happy to go out to Detroit for the uh, for the game. So uh, it's not official, but I think there is a very good chance that if we do qualify, it will be, be cancelled. 
Well, I've heard. I mean, I know I've, I haven't heard definitively, but I, I've certainly r- heard rumours about that happening. I've got to yeah. be honest with you. Much as I love our American chums, many of whom are in the Mixler chat room tonight, um, I think uh, qualifying for the Europa League uh, will be a better way of preparing the squad than going on a U- United States tour. I mean, I couldn't believe that the board, yet again, the board, those masters of mismanagement, having royally fucked Mourinho up the derriere by having one of the most ridiculously planned pre-seasons in history, have gone off and done it again, chasing the dollar yet again. Jonathan? I agree I agree with you completely. I mean, it's outrageous, isn't it, Marco? I mean, how, how isn't it, or am I just overreacting? Uh, I'll take that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think in a Czech European uh, summer competition is absolutely madness because the tournament finishes first week of July and some of our players might be going quite a way into it and they've got two and a half weeks, three weeks and then get a holiday. They're going to do a tour, do it in the 13 or 15 or 17 season where there's no European competitions. No, it's, it's just insane. I mean, it really, really is. Plus the fact... But it's, the, it's the business plan though, isn't it, Chidge? It's, it's, um, <sighs> well, it's the business... It's, it's the fact that we are one of... We're, we're one of the top 10 teams in the world. So we we ought to be having a team that plays as if we're one of the top ten teams in the world, which we aren't we aren't having at the moment. And you wonder whether um, they will have it again for a bit. Well, they, is, well, we won't if they ca- we won't if they carry on doing that, Jonathan. And no, I mean, of course we you won't. know, it, it, it's an absolutely abs- abs- you know offensive. Uh... They've got it the wrong way round. We should be playing. It should be a great team. Yeah. Uh, rather than it should be a team who aren't playing terribly well, but, oh, look, they've got all these possibilities of making money in America. Now, but I, I remember having a chat with Ron Gourlay when he was the, the chief executive. Now, Ron had many faults, as we all know, but, it, you know, he, he said to me when I was on the fans the forum... The brand, the brand. Yeah, I know, and all of the rest of it. But what he said to me in the fans forum was that the most important thing at the club is what happens on the pitch. If you get what happens on the pitch right, you get the business end of it right. You get the commercial side right. And what's happened, and I don't know, I mean, you know, I, 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 neither would I blame Ron for it not going right, nor would I give him the credit for it going right. But the bottom line is, is that Jonathan alludes to, over the last few years, the business and the commercial interests have clearly been wagging the tail of the football dog. You know, because the, 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 the decline in the quality of players that we've got, the decline in the quality of, of transfer business that we've been doing, and the insane, ridiculous, money-grabbing, commercially uh, uh, motivated tools we've been doing all have nothing to do with what should be going on the pitch, don't you think? Completely. Mm. Beautifully expressed. Thank you very much. I, 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 I articulated that one better than I normally do, but I'm very pissed off about it. I just think there's, you know, I feel for the, you know, announcing Conte as we are about to do now. I, I mean, I know he's not even going to be here because he's going to be at the Euros, but I mean, it's like setting him off with two hands tied behind his back, you know, because he's a new manager. He's going to have a new system. He's going to have all these new ideas. He needs time to develop them properly. And I don't, and I don't, and I'm, you know, if, 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 the rumours are true that he's a real taskmaster and he likes his players really, really fit. When are we going to find the time to do that if we're gallivanting off to the States, Mark? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky question, isn't it? Because um, what I what I don't understand about, what I didn't understand about last season, um, you know, I understand players playing too much football um 
and but I don't understand the, the lack of fitness. I remember that one of the most interesting articles I read at the start of the season was, um, or just a couple of weeks into the start of this new season, was uh, an article, an interview with Lukaku, who I think he started off like a train scoring goals for Everton. And he said he, he'd set it in his mind that he wanted to be as fit as a fiddle um, at the start of the season because he was a true, you know, he was a professional footballer um, and he was motivated to do that. And, you know, that I get that completely. I just don't understand it. You know, the Pato thing, I just don't get that. You know, how, how can a, a professional footballer allow themselves to become unfit? Uh, it's bizarre. Hmm. I agree. Well, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I have no understanding what it's like to be an athlete, but, uh, you know, I certainly always keep my uh, drinking uh, competency at the maximum level. You know, <laughs> I never I never allow two or three weeks to slip by where I don't drink anything because I know that if I go out on a session, I won't be able to drink as much and that would be unprofessional. I'll tell you what, some, somebody's just pointed me in the direction of uh, uh, an article that, Tony Evans, who's a professional scouser. He is as well. That's not the only thing he's professional at. Yeah, he's, he's, just, he's written this article for, for ESPN. Isn't he a professional Conte? Which is, Antonio Conte appointment reveals Chelsea's lack of direction. Why? <laughs> why? Please explain Chelsea why. Are going, Chelsea are going back to the future. The appointment of Antonio Conte is a symptom of the lack of clarity and direction at Stamford Bridge. The Italy coach is known for being a disciplinarian with an explosive temper. He will tighten Chelsea up and they should be harder to beat. That at least is the theory. Where have we heard this before? <laughs> well, OK, if you put it in that context, and this is a nice way of kind of getting us into talking about Conte, because I've read a fair bit too today and I've read a fair bit in the past since the rumours abounded that we were going to get him as the manager. And, you know, there was one particular article I read today where, where it said that the Italians regard him as their own Mourinho. And his methodology seems absolutely identical to, to Mourinho's. In other words, the huge amounts of detail, uh, uh, you know, almost Revy-esque uh, dossiers on opposition players and tactics. Uh, his draconian, almost f intimidating discipline. Uh, and his adherence to, to to fitness and all the rest of it. So, and of course, he's, he's wonderfully Italian. No, 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 uh, uh, not not want, not wanting to impugn the Italians' characteristics or personalities in any way. But he is prone to the odd uh, Latin tantrum. Nothing that I have I haven't got a problem with that at all. But it does and seem. His, and his big hair too. And he's got big. big well, yeah, but it's not real, is it? He's all apparently sewn back it's on. Transplanted. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mine's all real, Jonathan. They refer to in Italy as the cat on his head. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Well, uh, you know, look, mine's all real, you know. So if he wants any... any everywhere, Chief. Yeah, everywhere. everywhere. I'm suit. <laughs> I am suit of nothing else. But the, the fact of the matter is, I think I think Tony Evans, much as I hate to admit it, might have a point in that he, he does seem like Mourinho Mark II. And let's look at... I mean, if you look at what happened this year, I mean, you know, Mourinho drove some, you know, average quality players, I think we've now realised very very hard and dr and grilled them and drilled them and they revolted spectacularly this season so you know given that we're probably going to have most of the same players what's to say that it's going to turn out differently this time Dan? Well, I don't think he's quite 
Mourinho, I think, I mean, he took Juventus from seventh to three, three straight titles. He's developed, uh, you know, he developed called Pogba. He took Pogba and um, Perlo and built a team around then. Listen, he's tough, but you need to be a tough manager at this level. You don't want any sort of, you know, Arsene Wenger types who just, oh, we play good football, he's a good character, blah, blah, blah. Or Gus Hiddink, for that matter. I don't want a nice man in my football club. These are professional athletes. They have to respond. If it means a kick up the arse, Fine. And I don't, from reading what I've, from reading stuff, he hasn't got the same Mourinho histrionics. And so oh, on. I've certainly read that he has. He's it's mental. Has. He's mental. No. I think, I think every, every single Chelsea supporter is going to be watching his every move at the Euros. Yeah. And analyzing yeah. it. Yeah. But if the pitch, if the pattern's the same as Mourinho, then we'll we'll, we'll win the title, and then the following year we'll, well be shit and he'll be sacked. Exactly, and you know what I was saying in part two—that you know, clean sleet, he comes in, he'll change everything his way, and then if he's gone in two years, what's the point? I mean, the irony of all of this, of course, is that if we're going to go down this road of hiring managers that we're only going to fire within a year or two, then that actually does uh, kind of give veracity to the idea of having. Uh, good management at club level and a director of football who keeps the continuity um, in the absence of what we have used in the past to do that, which is a, a great team of, of, of 10, 15 players. We don't have that anymore, but we also don't have good management at, at club board level and, a, and an exceptional director of football who can keep the continuity going when they fire the next manager. And that's what worries me. I think that in, in a year or two's time when Roman gets bored and fires him, then we're going to be left in a vacuum again. And that really worries me, Mark. Well, I mean, it sort of goes back to the, the, the point I was making earlier about Daniel Levy at Spurs sort of jockeying and juggling managers around. And, you know, and he's finally managed to unearth um, or managed to get his hands on Pochettino and let him do his stuff with the kids and bring them through. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me you know, give give give, give uh, Conte. I mean, if Conte doesn't get Chelsea into the Champions League next season, I think that's got to be right at the top of his KPIs on his job description. Um, you know, if he doesn't do that, and Chelsea aren't in the Champions League, he's not going to be there for a second season. I'm certain of it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, what does Abramovich do then? He, does he go for Pochettino? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's always like trying to reach out for something that's beyond reach now because, you know, it's sort of Chelsea are, are damaged goods. I, I think, you know, he, he genuinely did want to get Guardiola twice um, and got snubbed twice. Uh and if Conte doesn't work out, I really don't know what the situation is. Hey, there'll, there'll be someone else. Mark, Mark, One of you, Jonathan. There'll be someone else. Say up, Chelsea. Oh, is that is that Misty? Up the Chelsea. Up the Chelsea, Misty. <laughs> brilliant. That's brilliant. Jonathan, sorry, you were you were absolutely upstaged by a six-year-old now, Marco. Yeah, yeah, she's just going to bed. Is she? <laughs> right. Yeah, you've so just good. been upstaged by a six-year-old. How do yeah, you like those apples? Never act with, uh, never speak with children or dogs around you, any animals near you. They'll, yeah. they'll upstage you every time. They will indeed. No, I was just saying that um, that there'll be someone else. 
Yeah. Because Marco was saying, you know, I don't know what we're going to do after it if he doesn't achieve it in a year. There'll be someone else. It, it, it might be that we just have to, to give in to the fact that uh, that is the pattern. Mm. Is we, We'll win something um, uh, with, with the manager and he won't be there for very long if he doesn't do very well the following but season. But you know what, that's Jonathan? The, the corollary of that, and that's kind of what I was saying, and, and actually I would accept that in a perverse sort of way if there was some continuity somewhere else. So I think I would accept that we go down the managerial merriate go round if we had a really good director of football, you know, basically being in charge of getting a really good squad of players together and also, you know, bringing in these youth players as well. If we had a consistency of philosophy in terms of football emanating from the board and the director of football, then fine, you know, get a manager in every two years, win something, get him to piss off. That's fine. But actually, if you don't have that either, then I can see us heading for a morass of mediocrity over the next five to ten years. I don't think they'll let it get that far. Actually, I, do, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't think they're very good. But I trust them to get some of this right, mm. just by by spending money on it, because yeah. that's the advantage we've got. I know we're saying that with the with the new TV deal that um, everybody's on, a, as mm. you said, on a, on a, an equal playing field. But but Chelsea do have more money than others as well, and I think he can get even better people in. Um, but can I just ask you a question? Mm. Um, um, I, I'm not convinced that that. Um, uh, Spurs have been playing uh, a huge n- number of, of, of youth players that have come through their system. I think they've just bought wisely because I don't think it's. Um, you tell me somebody yeah. who's in the first team who's actually all the way through from the youth. Harry Kane has, has worked from one of them. That's one of them they brought. No, they through. nicked him from Arsenal. But and originally, yeah, they nicked him originally. But he did. They did send him out on loan a lot because yeah. he was on the same. He was with Leicester for a period as well, wasn't he, on loan? But just um, about Dyer and Ali and those guys. No, but Ali, Ali was from was from um, MK Dons. MK Dons. Dons. Bought, they they bought him last year. Um, it's. I think Dyer is. Is Dyer one of the only ones? No, he, it, Dyer was it, bought from Sporting Lisbon. Uh, he was the other player. Bought, that's right. He'd been Ryan playing Mason. So it, no, I don't think was Mason from there as well. I think no, Ryan, Ma- Ryan Mason's a youth player. Right, Harry Kane. What about, what about Danny Rose? Danny Rose, they bought him from Leeds. Yeah. as a youngster. Yeah. You know a lot about Tottenham. You do, Dan. I've got. A, I've oh, got a mate who, you Tottenham in disguise! <laughs> I've got a good mate. I've got a good mate who works with Tottenham Hotspur, so he kind of, you know, he's. Right. Um, so that's a bit of a. To me, that's a bit of a myth that mm. they've been putting uh, players through. I just think he's bought very wisely. I mean, Ali is an example of what on earth was somebody at Chelsea doing? Surely they must have well, seen. Well, they did. We passed up on him. Indeed, so R- yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. All right, listen, I'm going to move this on because uh, I I want to leave a bit of time for talking about Ian Britton, particularly as we've got uh, two at least out of four of us who saw him play regularly, I would imagine. I did, yeah. Yeah, and I would imagine Mark. I met him. I I met him on a couple of occasions. Yeah, I met him, but I I, I never really saw him play. It was a bit before my time. Anyway, um, (laughs) I just really want to pick up on this because this was coming out uh, during the uh, international break and, and, you know, I, I accept that it was probably taken out of context because it often happens when players go abroad and play with their, uh, you know, national side. They get mistranslated. They don't do. They? There's a lot of that that goes on. And I know that, and they get asked kind of loaded questions. But Courtois, you know, basically came out. If you what if one loosely paraphrases what he said, it was that he doesn't know if he's going to be here with us next season because basically the quality of players he has to train with isn't quite up to scratch for the national squad. And it, I mean, irrespective of whatever truth there is in what he said, I just want to say one thing. What in God's name is up with the Belgians? The mouthiest, gobbiest, moaniest gobshites I think we've ever seen in football. They're all at it. What is their problem? De Bruyne, Courtois, Hazard, Le- Lukaku. It's never ending. 
What is wrong with them? Marco, have you got any ideas? Um, I, well, I do wonder sometimes if it may, may if there may be uh, something that gets lost in translation. Because a lot, a lot of the times, all of this stuff seems to go through uh, L'Equipe, the French football magazine. Um, and I remember Zuma being misquoted. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, whilst I do think there's, you know, an element of all these Belgian guys sitting in the international dressing room and saying, you know, we, the Red Devils, uh, are, are the best team in the world and, you know, Chelsea are crap and whatever. Um, I do think some of it does get lost in in translation, um, but you know I, I just find it disappointing that uh, that the situation at Chelsea lends itself to to players coming out with comments like that, which, which obviously have an element of truth to yeah. them. Well, particularly since he's been playing so appalling. Yeah. I thought he was dreadful against yeah. Villa. Yeah. What on earth? He can't make his mind up whether to punch or catch the ball and flaps at it. Yeah. He just stays on the line. Yeah. It's like watching somebody from a from completely out of his depth. I just don't. What has happened to him as a goalkeeper? And I, then he and then he complains. I wonder whether, in fact, it's to, partly to do with their um, their education system, and they're all very bright, and they and, uh, and and so they're just thinking, I've got to express myself in some way, rather than. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm far too intelligent. I've got to say something next. I think they're just basically egocentric, arrogant, and bloody no, I, selfish, I think, mate. I think you're right. I think I'm, 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 I'm trying to be too nice. They about eat too them. many waffles. Right. Too much wa- Too many waffles, mate. That's their trouble. <laughs> Bunch of bloody waffle eaters. A lot of them. I really had enough of it. I tell you what. You know what? This is the the funniest thing about this coming to light now this week in this week's script is that the last time I was at a game, I remember getting quite drunk afterwards. What a surprise. Uh, was it the one before that? You, I don't know. You I know. Me, me, the 14th Duke of Wyborn. No, I mean, I was basically ended up in a pub with Pablo. And Pablo, uh, 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 those of you who know Pablo, I know these three lads do, you know, pretty well. Those of you who know Pablo think that he's a very quiet, uh, highly intelligent and, and quite reserved chap. But he, he, uh, Pablo's got an uber bitch in him. He really has. And he just came up to me and he said, basically, mate, he said, that's it. I fucking had it with the Belgians. I'd want a policy at Chelsea where we don't sign any more Belgians. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, like top top of the list, according to all the speculation that's been written, is, is Raja Nangolin. I probably oh, yeah. pronounced his surname wrong. Who, who's another Belgian? Belgian. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Dan, have you got anything sensible to say on this issue? Oh my God! Hang on. Pause. 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 I've got. This is great. This is. Uh, this is why I should be very careful about when I I coat off people of other nations because I forget, of course, always that we are a multinational I'll society in the Chelsea listen. fan cast and in the Mixler chat room. I've been smacked. Bang wallop by guess what? Belgian blue. <laughs> he says here. I haven't read this, so I don't know where this is going to go. He says a big issue with the Belgian players is that Belgian media have been blowing smoke at their ass for years now. It's the golden generation. They can do no wrong. Not all of us Belgians are like that, although we do like waffles. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comment. And it kind of tallies with what I was saying. And it was also very nice of you not to be rude to me because I was a bit rude about Belgians eating waffles. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think enough of that. Uh, I think we've got a little bit of time before we... Because I know, I know that there's an email coming up, actually, which m- makes a marvellous tribute to Ian Britton. But as uh, those of you who will know... Uh, of course, that's Ian sadly died. He'd been ill for quite a while. I mean, I know this because Marco will remember this too, that there was a benefit gig, wasn't there, in Cheam, yeah. in your manor? 
Yeah, it was up at um, North Cheam Social yeah, Club, hosted by Tony Miller. That's I have right. to say, of all the all these types of functions I've been to um, down the years, this this was quite exceptional. It was it was emceed by Ray Wilkins, who obviously played in in that in Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a fantastic evening, and it was you know it's a great tribute to the fella and. Uh, you know, it's just a tragedy, isn't it, really? Awful, it awful is. news. You're right about that team event, though. It was incredibly uh, well attended, but also there were about eight or nine, maybe even ten players there from the era, weren't there? I mean, it was the support oh, God, for it. Yeah. You know what? They, it's, it's that, what it's, I'm going to misquote this horribly, I know, but there's a lovely saying that people say is that judge the measure of the man by the amount of friends he leaves behind. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that clearly can be said of Ian Britton I mean you know you don't get that kind of turnout for somebody that isn't really well loved by the guys he played with and that was so obvious that night uh, and, and I mean I met him as I, said, I met him there and he's a lovely lovely chap and I, I met I think it's his uh, his nephew in a pub with Cundy this season who was also a lovely lovely chap uh, and it's really 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 sad uh, look, very quickly, one point I want to make, uh, which I was astonished by, actually, the first thing I was astonished by was how long it took, I mean, not that this really matters, because it's only Twitter, but that the official Chelsea Twitter account was very slow in uh, in breaking the news. Uh, but also, and I think this is much more serious, is that why were we not wearing a black armband Particularly since they, they were at Burnley. And they were at Burnley, exactly that. Well, why, why was that? What, what is it with this club? Are they stupid? I mean, who? I mean, I don't know. Who knows the answer to that? Perhaps, they're, wait, perhaps they're waiting till it's at home. Perhaps they're going to do a big thing. That's no home. excuse. No, it's no yeah. excuse. I agree. I agree. I mean, I mean listen, they, they, didn't, they didn't have black armbands. They go buy some black tape, for God's sake. It's ridiculous. I just couldn't believe yeah. it. It's, I just think it's ignorant, arrogant. I don't know what is. I mean, I, sometimes I despair of this club. I really, really do. I really do, and I just thought that was just wrong. I mean, I don't want to sound all scouse and, and about it. And, I, mean, I, would, I mean, I hate to say it, but, but Chelsea, you know, the, the official Chelsea would say otherwise. But I mean, the, the the way the way they kind of treat, you know, play, past players is isn't isn't necessarily as good as they like to think it is. In, in what respect, mate? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just like you remember when. Um, when, when Di Matteo got fired, he was kind of like airbrushed yeah. almost from history for for quite a while. You know, his, his name, that, that, the monthly magazine, you know, his name wasn't in the, the, the yeah. one that followed. And it's the same, you know, when Mourinho went, um, you, you know, I understand, you know, the world moves on, but, um, you know, something like that, you know, it's kind of like, why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do something like that? Why? Why wouldn't somebody in that club say, "Hey, you know, we, we should mark, you know, mark this with respect." Although, although having having said that, I'm just trying to think. There was quite a few players from that, um, the 1955 uh, title-winning side who passed away over the last couple of years, and I'm I'm not sure if. There's been black arm bands for them, so maybe it's not something they do. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is we don't know. So we are, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's not unlike me to jump to the wrong conclusion. Um, yeah. And I think actually... I mean, it, 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 it was, uh, 
I'm pretty certain that when we play, I think what's the next home game, City. Yeah, I'd be more satisfied if they didn't have a, you know, the, the minutes of clause. But the um, thing is, the thing is, I mean, you talk about the guys who won the title in '55, and fair enough, and they deserve a, a, a massive amount of remembrance, particularly when they die. But to be fair, you know, the very few people who, well, you know, the, the the number of people who who are at Stamford Bridge week in week out who were alive in '55 is is, you know, or can remember it. You know, Ian Britton is is much fresher in the memory. You know, I think the so, mid- somebody, somebody's just uh, tweeted that Kelvin. He's just tweeted me saying Blackpool paid its respects to Ian Britton yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, it's, it's it's Kelvin that we can thank for my rant because I I saw Kelvin going at it on Twitter and I completely agreed with him. And and I just I just think like it doesn't. I mean, you made the point, Marco, a second ago. It doesn't take much to somebody inside of the club who actually has a connection with the history of this club. It doesn't take much to work it out, does it? Why does it always seem to be so difficult for them? And I know that Tony's uh, sorry. It was Mark Meehan who noted that. Was it? Apologies. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I've got Tony and Mixler saying that I'm being a bit harsh because they've treated the older players a lot better than the last regime. Well, that's very true. I mean, Bates was terrible with the ex-players. I mean, he saw them all as troublemakers and he pretty much banned them from the club. But even so, I still think they could have done a lot better and they need to think about these things. Um, right, we uh, but very quickly, before we go to the break, I just want to ask Jonathan and Mark about their memories of watching him play. Jonathan? Um, very bustly, bustly player. Um, Ian, Ian Britton, Ian Britton yeah. on the wing. We, did, we didn't really play on the wing, he played, mid, he played midfield, but that fitted. The song um, wouldn't work, would it, otherwise? Um, no, it, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Um, Big hair, big always hair. had big hair. That was his era. Big curly hair, um, uh, diminutive, strong, quick. Um, uh, didn't have a great shot. Scored a few goals uh, with, you know, just uh, almost miss hitting it in from time to time. I remember him scoring with a miss hit. Um, uh, a bit, um, just fluent, you know. Just kept going. Just he was, was. He was, was also a, there, was really, a, in the in one of the kind of worst. Yeah, I mean, worst periods. That seven, was the trouble. Yeah. Very difficult to work out how high he could have got as a player because he was playing with uh, with not a very good side. Well, seventy-two to eighty-two. If he was going to pick a ten years period to play for Chelsea, I'd suspect that that wouldn't be it. Marco, uh, what were your memories? I, mean, of I, I, I just remember. I, I remember he he was like one of the players. I, I actually thought he was a, a great player not not only because he just looked great on a football card but uh, you know I, I thought he was I mean obviously I was my knowledge of football <laughs> wasn't that but I actually thought he was as good um as as Ray Wilkins I, I just thought he was you know really creative he was kind of like the Pat Nevin of his day um that's no. the way it, um oh, you no, know I remember Mark Different, very different player, very different players. No, no, just in terms of the way he used to entertain me. I'm not talking from a technical point of view. I'm talking as as a sort of a 14, 15-year-old kid um, who was crap at football, going to football to, to want to be entertained, amongst other things. And, I, you know, he, he did that. And um, you know, I remember him scoring in the last game of the season um, when we'd won promotion, um, you know, he scored against Hull. He, uh, I, I just liked him. He, he was just a, one of those players that that you like, that you kind of remember as um, a, a real trier, somebody who wanted to play for Chelsea. And you know, that sort of stuff still resonates today. You know, I'd rather I'd rather go and watch somebody who wants to play for Chelsea and 
turns in a good performance. Yeah, here, um, here, here. And you know what, mate? So actually, it does, that, that's you know, like... that, 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 that's that, that, they, they are my memories of watching him play, and I and I, and I thought it was great. Um, you know, because because I liked him as a player, I sort of followed his career when he left Chelsea, and um, I thought it was great. You know that 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 he 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 would be remembered um, for what he did. You know, at Burnley in terms of scoring the goal that kept them in the league. Um, you know, it's all that stuffs the the lovely stuff that makes football um, the sport that that it is. You know, the, the, those great little stories. Mm. I think that's really interesting, actually. You know, a lot of the stuff that I've read. I mean, you know, Dan and I. You know. Not, not quite well. We weren't lucky enough to really be around much then. But the thing that comes across for me, Dan, is the fact that uh, the, the theme that runs through it is that this was a, a, a lad who gave a hundred percent for Chelsea every time he played. Loved the club, loved the supporters, loved playing for the club. And I think it was really a, a pointedly, uh, you know, a point very marked from today's players who are very disconnected from it. It seems. What do you, what do you think about yeah, that? Dan? Yeah, he's pretty one of these. I, mean, I, I, I saw Canners on Facebook put a very sort of poignant comment up mm. about it as well. I think he was one of the real old school, you know, who didn't pay so much for money, played for love, played for the passion. I mean, I, when I first started going, I think he was coming towards the end of his uh, time at Chelsea. Yeah. Definitely saw him a few times. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good pro. I, mean, I don't think he was outstanding, but he was, he was, he was a, good, a good Chelsea player and fond memories from a, somebody who always goes 100%. That, that as a fan... <laughs> You want somebody's going to give 100%. You do indeed. That's all you can ask for, really. And that's all we ask for of the current crop, if only that were true. Anyway, enough of that. Um, after the break, uh, we're going to have the usual roundup of Chelsea Supporter News together with an exciting competition to win a Didier Drogba print. So there we go. We'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. We are in the home straight. The, as, if you're American, we're in the last quarter. Uh, and uh, if you're English, then we're probably about to approach squeaky bum time. Uh, and uh, without further ado, uh, the person with the squeakiest bum that I know is Jonathan Kidd, and he is going to read this week's email. Dear Chidge and the rest of the fancast team, just a few thoughts following the really sad news last week. If you could have allied Alan Hudson's talent to Ian Britain's commitment, personality and loyalty to the cause, then Chelsea would have had the greatest midfielder on the planet. As it was... He was a really good player who always seemed to have a smile on his face and scored some really important goals too, especially during the 1976-77 season us old-timers hold so dear to our hearts. Home and away against Forest spring to mind immediately. Although I also especially remember one against West Brom the season before as he was one of several Chelsea players wearing gloves that day. Highly unusual back then. And Trent it something... Jonathan. What a trendsetter! <laughs> I think yeah, I think I think it was. I, rem- I remember that, and it was um, it was uh, it was pointed out that um, uh, I think the word "puff" came to mind a few times. <laughs> Not in the seventies, <laughs> surely. <laughs> oh, love it! <laughs> anyway, 
Um, highly unusual back then. It caused something of a media stir, believe it or not. It was bloody freezing, mind you. Met him briefly once. He was clearly a re really decent bloke too. Delaying getting onto the team coach after an away game at Oxford to give me an autograph after my pen had failed at the first attempt. A small thing, but you always remember stuff like that. Yes, you do, because I, I remember attempting to get autographs and some of the players, not Chelsea players, um, away players, Liverpool players in particular, were absolutely dreadful. Anyway, um, Chopper Harris belched loudly on the same occasion while signing his name, which was also pretty memorable, if slightly less charming. Ian did possess an awesome Barnet too, of course, though in fairness, hair crimes were being committed everywhere in the mid-70s. And contrary to popular opinion, his was far from the worst at Chelsea at the time comfortably eclipsed by John Dempsey's insane Max Wall on acid comb over. What were we all thinking of back then? Thanks a million, Ian. You ran your arse off for Chelsea when the club didn't have a pot to piss in, let alone 40 grand a week to throw at the likes of twerps like Winston Bogard. You will always be fondly remembered by followers of Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army from all those years ago. I'm proud to have been one of them. Rest in peace. Phil. That is such a good email. I, I feel compelled to round of applause. But what a lovely, I mean, it kind of not just summed up what we were all saying in, in part three, but uh, but added to it immeasurably. Wonderful, wonderful email, Phil. Thank you so much. Um, you, uh, Jonathan, I would imagine you were part of Eddie, Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army, weren't you? Yes, but I've managed to expunge it from my memory banks. I, but I, I tell you what, people that I know who are your age uh, speak about it so lovingly. Tim Rolls know, is another I, example. I don't, know what it, I don't know what it was. Somehow it was just, it was, uh, you know, I, 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 as I've said, you know me, I like them winning. I and, have. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop me from going. I'll go, but I, 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 I can't remember. I, it have, it, I have this uh, wonderful image of you as one of Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army in double denim. DMs uh, yes, and a silk scarf right. and long hair. Yes, yes, <laughs> That's how he looks today. I had a very similar hairstyle to Ian Britton, actually, looking at that. Did you? It's up on your uh, um, your fan cast page. Yeah, because I said curly hair earlier. It wasn't curly at all. I was just remembering there was a mass of it. Uh, um, but there's a picture doing the rounds of John Dempsey's hairstyle. Oh, my goodness yeah. me. Have you seen that yeah. one? What, what goodness? How, 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 I don't know how we put up with it. He was absolutely right, Phil, here. Some of the some of the hair people had was absolutely dreadful. Quite. I don't know. You play football with hair like that, just flashing your face. You didn't. Well, I suppose you couldn't wear a hairband because well, you really would be considered a poof then. So well, the fact that they, they, if you couldn't play football with hair like that, it does actually explain a lot about the era of Chelsea, really, <laughs> doesn't it? But no, no. But you know, I was a great fan of Eddie McCready, and I was a fan of him as a manager. And he did, yeah, he did have them playing, but they didn't get great results, you know. And uh, and and they and and they tried, and we we never saw Eddie McCready, the fruition of Eddie McCready's team, because he had a row over a car didn't he and then he was uh, uh, and then he, 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 he slunk off to America alright matey was... well, we got some news coming up next on the oh, script yes, yes. Want to, I'm doing that aren't I number two fans forum next fans forum meeting on the 20th of April Dan is the Chelsea fancast rep on the forum so email him any issues you want raised by Friday the 8th of April his email is dansilver.chelsea at gmail.com so, Dan, uh, anything else we need to know about the fans' forum meeting? No, just anything they want they want raised. I'm like, we get I know there's a agenda, and then we can bring up anything else that's not raised on the agenda, um, and provided the club let it go on the record, I can report back 
um, okay. post the, the meeting. Lovely. And uh, do you know, has it, has it got an agenda yet? I mean, is there anything? No, I'm waiting for it to be sent. I think I sent you the, the brief outline in the email. Yeah. Uh, it, it, there is any other business. They're fairly you know, flexible on what, what we bring up. Well, they're not, um, they've done the ticketing one, haven't they? They've done that. They've yeah. done it to death the last three times. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they'll be relevant this time. You might uh, get the results of the survey this time around then. Quite possibly. Yeah. I wouldn't have my breath. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to ask them about the tour as well if it's going to be because I know lots of people want yeah. to go. I'm going to say, listen, is, is it what you know? Can we go on the record and say yes, it's cancelled? No, it's not. Actually, that's a good point, Dan, because one of the reasons we got on the forum uh, as Chelsea Fackers is because of our reach uh, overseas because we have so many listeners, particularly in the states, but I know from all over the world. So actually, you lot uh, who are listening uh, to us in the states, if you've got anything to ask about the tour or any concerns you have, then fire it through to Dan and he can raise that yeah. because they love that and it kind of validates why we're there. So that would be Absolutely. quite useful. Well, they can go via Chelsea in America or any of the more the local the local supporters clubs. Well, they, they could do, apart from the fact that none yeah. of them sit on the uh, fans forum. No, but I mean, I mean, in terms of emailing Chelsea in America, then they can email yeah, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, good so, point. Sorry, I get caught yeah. with the programme. Lovely jubbly. Well done, Dan. Uh, Jonathan, CFC UK? CFC UK. You can get CFC UK at home games from the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube and also at away games. And also they've got some interesting um, uh, sellers of the uh, of the magazine, don't they? Who, even, who, who, who replicate uh, He Who Must Not Be Named um, uh, Ari Up, which I rather like, the fact that they, they have it's a It's called branding, there. Jonathan. And, I know, it's and, and it's like also it. called training. We have yeah, yeah, we actually yeah. hold training sessions in a in a small pub uh, near Stamford Bridge, and they get <laughs> they trained. They pronounce it like him though. Yeah, I like it. They're yeah, trained. They're... Marco can absolutely back me up on this. They get trained in the art of having to say, "Hurry up! Hurry it's up. only a pound." Isn't that true, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> have you, you finished it. the piece, or have I interrupted it again? If you, yeah, if you can't get it uh, there at um, opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. Uh, or at away games, you can always get it digitally, difficult word to say, digitally, by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone's interested in getting a cfcuk copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter, which is at Dan Lundberg. That's D-L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G underscore. Nice one. That's perfect. Yeah, Marco, um, is it a good one this month? I haven't seen it yet. Haven't you? It is quality. I read it on the way back from Villa. All right. I was a bit disappointed with mine. I don't know. It didn't. I didn't. The only thing I can say is, unless Dave might have edited it out, but my article actually mentions Taylor Swift and um, Susan Boyle. Now I can't see. I'm not going to be able to see it until the city game, so I'm going to have to wait for that. And and while I've got you in the house, as it were, Marco, we can completely and flatly deny and uh, put aside rumours of this being the last ever CFC UK down as an April Fool's hoax. Can we not? I I, I believe so. I believe so. Excellent stuff. Well, I can't I can't wait to read it myself. Uh, and of course, as we all know, I always read my own article first because Marco can absolutely validate because he sees me doing when I pick it up. <laughs> Uh, so there we go. Uh, Jonathan, Supporters Trust? Just Supporters Trust. Join the trust and get your voice heard by the club. £5 to become a voting member or free for non-voting members. Sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com so you can attend the meetings. Come to the events and vote on the issues that directly affect you and make sure you get your voice heard. You can follow them on Twitter, which is at Chelsea S Trust. Mm, nice one. Good stuff. 
Okay, right, now, uh, who, I don't know who's tapping away in the background on their keyboard, but to stop being a keyboard warrior. Right, uh, I've got a lovely little uh, competition here. There's a lad that I know uh, through Twitter, bludgy, because I've seen him tweet out these amazing uh, prints. They're impossible for me to describe, so what I'll do in, in when the show's finished, I'll put it, put it up on Twitter. But his name is Arwin Thomas, and he's designed some fantastic prints, uh, one of which has got Didier Drogba on there and it's up for grabs now all you have to do is follow him on twitter at agt79 and then tweet the answer to the question i'm about to ask to both agt79 having followed him and then include at chelsea fancast in it so send that tweet to at Chelsea Fancast and follow and tweet at, you know, at the same time to age. I'm, I'm talking nonsense. I think you've got it by now. Anyway, the question is, how many goals did Didier Drogba score for Chelsea? That's all all the goals. All right. Uh, and as I said, um, follow AGT79 on Twitter and then tweet both him and Chelsea Fancast with your answer. And we will uh, hopefully pick somebody out at random and they will, will, will win that lovely A4 print. John Boyle's sister. What's that answer? Is that an answer to the question? I don't know. Anyway, um, CPO, very quickly. Jonathan, do you want to do CPO? Uh, CPO. You are, you are a bit like three CPO, actually, so it's quite appropriate. Um, is he the one who speaks <laughs> I thought like that, that was funny. Is, that, is he the one who speaks like that all the he time? He does. Is that, is that the one? Do yeah. it in the voice of C, three CPO. If you want to own a little Three bit of Chelsea CPO. and protect the future of the club, no, thank you, I'll do it properly. Um, if you want to own a little bit, if you want to own a, if you want, to, I thought. Did I thought. you do that without helium, Jonathan? <laughs> I can actually. I can go up there as well. Actually, do you know that? What? I can go higher. I'm going higher. It's called helium. range, Marco. He's got oh, range. And also, Marco, I can go down there. Anyway. If you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, no. If oh, no, that's own... brilliant. Do it in the style of Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> if you want to own it. No, I can't. Oh, you've got to. No, if I don't. No, no. Now it's oh, no. Frankie Howard. Frankie Howard, no. Um, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge. Yes. yes. To find out how to buy a share for £100, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com slash fans slash chelsea hyphen pitchowners and follow them on Twitter at pitchowners. And uh, on that note, uh, we hopefully in a few weeks' time are going to have Charles Rose, who's on the board of the Chelsea Pitch Owners, on the show. I'm going to try. I'm trying. Uh, you know, his people are talking to my people. We hope to get it sorted. So that'd be good. Right. Uh, final little plug, Rooney, is that the wonderful one of our favourite, 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 favourite people Canis, Canis, in the Canis. world. Yes, you got it in one. Canners, Paul Cannaville. Um, who's, I must I must share this with you. Uh, Paul phoned me up a few weeks ago, and uh, he, he, he said, oh, "Shit, I haven't spoken to you for a while. It's about time I came on the show again." And uh, and I said, "Well, Paul, you can't." He said, "Well, what have I done?" I said, "No, no, you haven't done anything." I said, I'm, "I'm we're doing it virtually now, you know. We can't we can't have you coming around the flat because because of all these various reasons." He was absolutely gutted. So I've got to figure out a way. Uh, knowing that Paul will find it probably not impossible to do what we're doing like we're doing it now. I need to find a way to get Paul back on the show because he was very disappointed that he couldn't be on. Anyway, um, enough of that. He is going on tour again and uh, he's going on to the tour to the States. 
strangely, about a month or two before Chelsea may do. But anyway, he's going to be visiting the Boston Blues at the Banshee Pub on May the 14th to May the 17th. Get a hold of Boston Blues at Boston underscore Blues on Twitter. Uh, he'll be with the Atlanta Blues at Mian's Buckhead, which is a pub between May the 17th and the 22nd. And they are reachable at ATL Blues. And he will be with Shed End Dallas, the Londoners pub, May 22nd to the 26th. They are at Dallas Shed End. And he will be with Bay. He'll be born in the Bayou. He'll be doing a John Fogerty with the Bio City Blues. Tony Joe White. What? Tony Joe White. Do you remember him? Uh, well, I, I don't actually. What? Explain. He, he was the great Bayou um, blues man was as he? well, as well as John Fogerty. Yeah, Tony Joe White. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I, 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 my, my Bayou-ness extends only to Creedence Clearwater Revival, I'm afraid. Anyway, Bayou City Blues, the Phoenix Brew Pub, uh, May 26th to the May 29th, and they are at Bayou City Blues. That is a part of the world I would love to go to, actually. You know, the Bayou. Because they, they do speak a bit. It's funny, a bit of a funny accent, isn't it, Dan? Big like that. Poke salad, Annie. Gator got your granny. Do you remember that one? No. That's him. That's Tony Joe White. Is that right? <laughs> I sometimes realise that I'm 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 much older than you. Yes, I know. I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what that says about either of us. But there we go. Um, listen, the other thing about Cammers being on tour, apart from it's always great to hook up with Paul. He is one. Of, I mean, he really is one of the. I mean, Marco sees him at the stall all the time. Paul is lovely, isn't he, mate? He is. He's a he's quality a guy. Genuine fella. And Dan, you've been on the show with him. I mean, he's just. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Love him a bit. So every time I see him on the ground, he's just hello, mate. He's, big hug. He's just he's, lovely. He's, he's one top, of, top man. One of life's great human beings. And you, yeah. you could go and meet him. Buy him a drink, mate. Whatever you do, if you're going to go into one of these pub dues with him, there, you buy him a drink because he bloody well deserves it and he's earned it. But the other thing is, while he's going to be there, he's doing. He's going to be playing some football in aid of the Soccer Streets charity. And if you want to donate and support Paul in that, which you jolly well ought to do, go to soccerstreets.org forward slash squad forward slash 517 to donate. And if you want to find more information about that, just go and find Brenda at Atlanta Blues and she'll tell you all about it. Right, we are done for this week, I believe. Um, Thank you very much. I, I didn't write this bit of the script, which is a bit stupid of me. I forgot about the end bit, so I'm just going to have to make it up. It's been brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fun. What I need to tell you um, is that next week, next Monday, the 10th, is it, of April? I'll take that as a yes. Oh. Um, next Monday will be... 11th. It's the 11th. 11th. Thank 11th. you, JK. Yeah. yeah, next Monday will be the Chelsea Fancast's 350th show. Bravo. How Brilliant. about that? Brilliant. Is that mental or what? In three hundred and fifty, in three hundred fifty shows time, we'll be saying it's the seven hundredth. Mate, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be nearly sixty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because it's eight years. Because the other thing is, actually, April will see us um, have our eighth birthday as well. Yeah. towards the end of April so there's a couple of big milestones coming up but next week is going to be the 350th show so it'll be special whatever no matter how shit the game is against Swansea uh, we will have me in the house Jonathan in the house Dan's back in and we'll be joined by Dan Levine excellent so there we go and the other thing that I might do uh, not least so we don't have to talk about football for half an hour in a week where there isn't any uh I might try and sort out an interview with Jason Cundy and see if we can fit that in somehow. That that would be a nice way to mark the 350th, don't you reckon? 
Yeah, yeah. good chat. Good. All right. I think that's it. Uh, all apart from me to say is don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, uh, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at DanSill73, and Marco at Gate17Marco. All right. Now, it's been brilliant having you all on board. Dan, uh, thank you so much for subbing in again. been great to have you Pleasure. on the show. Enjoy well it. done, Dan. Well done, Dan. Pleasure. Yeah, well done, mate. Uh, Jonathan, as always, lovely to have you here. A joy to be on, as always, Chief. Uh Thank you very much for your Alfred Hitchcock impersonation. I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> My inadvertent Alfred Hitchcock impersonation. It was a real dead ringer for him, actually. It was very good. You know, you should, you, you should incorporate that into your voice repertoire. I do an Alec Guinness. Do you? Could you yeah. do that one for me now? He's very like that, Alec Guinness, isn't he? That's his way of doing it. Can you can you say can you <laughs> say Obi-Wan Kenobi? What? what? What is it? He says in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> may the, may, no, may no, the force, no. He, force be up. It's you, when he does know. the mind Jedi mind trick on those uh, stormtroopers in that in the Tatooine bar. Sorry, I, I don't watch Star Wars oh, ever. Well, I'll, it was just say it was the droids. It, it we are we are not the droids you are looking for. We are not the droids you are looking for. There we go. That's very good. <laughs> there we go. Now, last by no means least, my great chum, Mark Worrell. Always lovely to have Marco in the show. Have you enjoyed it tonight, mate? Yeah, it's been fun, as ever. There we go. We, we should have... We should Next time I see you, we should have a celebratory lemoncillo in uh, in celebration of our new Italian manager. Yeah. What do you reckon? I'm going to counter limoncellos at the CFC UK store. Do you, do you think? Actually, do you know what, mate? I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a bottle of limoncello. I'm going to bring it to the CFC UK store. You up for that? Yeah. Definitely. All right. Don't let me forget. It'll be the City game. It will. Yeah. The late kickoff. Lovely. Now that that would be a fitting, fitting way to celebrate it. As always, brilliant to have these fantastic chaps giving up their time so generously on a Monday evening, uh, matched only by the wonderful, wonderful, huge amount of people that uh, inhabit Mixler chat room uh, when we do the show. I mean, there are so many of you in there that I can't uh, say hello to all of you, but I will say uh, hello, Andy. Silverman, it's good to see you in there, and I hope you're feeling all right, because I know you've been under the cosh a bit recently. Uh, so there we go. So great to see so many of you in there. Thanks for contributing, as always. Uh, many thanks to my guests this week. Thanks for you lot for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.